happy St. Patrick's Day afternoon. (laughs) (laughs) And it is. So it is absolutely the afternoon and it is cold. Holy crud. I could not get warm. You know, I got that blanket, that uh, microfiber and uh, I don't know what that is, a fake wool um, blanket so that when it was hot in here, I'd, I'd be able to lighten up. Boy, I'm using that thing to cocoon because how cold did it get last night or how cold do we know that it got last night? Did it get freezing or just get really close? No, it it only got down to like 45 last night. Ooh. Last night was not the worst of it. We just, we've been so warm that we're just not it used now to it. Feel, yeah, yeah, it's okay. not that cold. It's supposed to get colder the next mm-hmm. couple of nights and we're looking at now that it might get down to 31 one of the nights, so woo on that. Well, how are the plants doing right now? Um, they're fine right now. Um, the rain knocked about all of the greenhouse plastic I have over things, but you know, I had to dump the one of them um, of water that pulled up. But for the most part, everything is looking like it's fine. But again, it was only forty-five, so I don't actually know how it's all going to handle it. But the um, at least where the tomatoes are out there, mm-hmm. it feels like it's there. It's not getting cold in there because I, when I went out there, you know, earlier today, and I touched the soil and the the bed and everything, it didn't feel cold. So I know it's you know okay, somewhat good. it's working. I just don't know how much it will keep in the heat for the next couple of nights. I'm not going to touch it. I just, you know, made sure that I went out there and watered everything on the inside of it this morning so that it's not, uh, you know, drying up or anything. Not that it really does. It's mostly dealing with the humidity. Um, so it doesn't have to, it doesn't have to really be watered, but I made sure that, uh, it got some so that it's not drying out the roots or anything and then the humidity stays up because of the more humid it is the easier it's for it to warm up Mm -hmm. so the literally the only thing that's going to make it more frustrating is that it's not like we're just cold we're cold and cloudy yeah so it taking in the heat is you know it's i'm concerned but like i said i even if i have to drag an extension cord out there with the space heater i will do that to keep those tomatoes alive Mm because (sighs) <sighs> I don't want to regrow all of them. They're all nice and happy and healthy. Yeah. So now, I, when I, that was other question is, I when I went and took a shower, I saw you got a bunch of plants that look like they're dying oh, over on the right lower shelves. What's going on with those? I have two different trays of eggplants that got infested with bugs that I can't do anything about. Oh, they got infested with bugs inside the house. Yep, and it's frust. Eggplants are w- the most frustrating things to try to grow. Like period. Everything else is something that they come around and start to exist after a while, but eggplants, it feels, this is my third year, and I have not been able to stop them from getting infested with something, and this time it wasn't the ones that eat the leaves, it's some little white spider thingy, it's like a spider mite, I think, and they just show up and exist, and they multiply like there is no tomorrow, and there's like nothing you can do about it. So it's it, it's ridiculous the things that it, there's you can try certain things but those ones in particular like for eggplants they all go on the leaves so there's no soil treatments I'd have to literally be in there every couple of hours spraying the leaves and even then it may not 
get rid of all of them because I did try that for you know two days in a row. I was going in there and I was spraying leaves and just nothing. So but they don't do any damage to the plants. They do. They they don't. They turn the leaves. Uh, they give the leaves a bunch of brown spots and it okay. makes the plant stressed out so it won't produce flowers or fruit and if it does it will give you like one so it's not worth it okay then shouldn't you just like take it out of there instead of leaving it in there because it can get like other plants or anything nope just eggplants that is the mm. only plants that it, they enjoy and go after great that sucks yeah because i made more of the eggplant uh you know caviar and was absolutely enjoying that so and he didn't get to have any, <laughs> but, but yeah, it was really good. So, all right, well, eggplants aren't exactly the most expensive thing out there in the garden. You know, I'm just hoping for some better tasting tomatoes this year for sure. So now that my, uh, now that my anosmia is going away and I'm starting to taste things more and more each day, um, yeah, the thought of having eggplant was like very exciting to me. So you just do a second batch or do we just throw that out out like what what do we do what what's the steps here from this point i can try to plant more okay but you should probably get those spider things the heck i mean the plants that are there are out of there right yes i'm just asking so is it best just to take those out to the garbage then or have one of the girls just take it out to the garbage and dump them out and then just go for it again or should we wait like a couple of weeks to see if those spider things, mites or whatever, are gone? They they won't be gone, so, yeah, I just have to throw them away. Okay. And then the cool thing with the bees, the bees, I, I'm blown away. There were no bees in the first hive or, or the uh, third hive. So I, I lifted the lids off both of those, and I had to tell Andy that. Because those bees were, they were gone. It was empty, right? Mm -hmm. But it looks like the center one split and is filling up those hives. And they are the same kinds of bees. So that's pretty dang exciting. I'm pretty happy about that. So, you know, I was like, because the cost of the nukes right now is like $300 to get nukes, which is really crazy when you think about it. You're paying $300 for things that can just leave before the year's over, you know? And so I was just looking at it going, okay, well, I don't have, you know, $1,500 to do that. But now that I know that they're, they just split off and went, mm, we're going to go next door. <laughs> you know, I think that's just pretty awesome. Hopefully we can get some good honey this year. So, and I was thinking about, um, what kind of, what kind of yeast is in sourdough? Like, do you start it with the yeast or is it just come out of the air or what, what is it? It's just taking the yeast from the flower in the air and it, yeah, just cultivating it and growing it. So, okay. I'm just wondering, cause I'm, I'm thinking about grabbing, uh, because we have the gallon jug of the, um, oh, what is that wine, Amy? Sangria. Of the sangria. And I don't think anybody's going to drink that. And it's probably been sitting around long enough. But I can put uh, airlock on the top of that. I was thinking about going for some mead. So what do you think? Make our own? Try our own little batch? Yeah. Yeah. So I was just wondering what I'm going to do yeast-wise. If I'm going to do like a brewer's yeast. Or if I want to... Try to, you know, get it to naturally ferment or, you know, which way I want to go about it. So I'm just kind of thinking about that and, and going that way. Does honey lacto ferment? I don't think I've seen anything about that. I have no idea. I don't Neither. even know what lacto fermenting is. Um, well, no, you do. It's when I do the 2% salt solution to the water and, and 
pour it over like the tomatoes and the strawberries and everything else. And uh, we did it for the peppers for the hot sauce. So that's the lacto fermentation process. Okay. That's that's what it is. You don't. You're just not adding any yeast, additional yeast, I should say, into it. So you're you're only utilizing the yeast that's naturally in these products that that will break them down. So, yeah. But that's that's what I'm looking at there. But anyways, with all of that said, good afternoon and welcome to the afternoon dive on the stupid podcast on everything where I'm Joey and I'm Kiki and we talk about everything and nothing all at the same time by two people who are just trying to get stuff figured out one way or the other. So it is our free for all Friday. It is St. Patrick's Day. I am not wearing green and I don't see any green on you. So I think we're, we've actually grown beyond that, um, though I may just pinch you later just for fun. Um, but uh Oh, I am sitting here looking at the news and looking at a bunch of news headlines for the weeks and things that kind of slipped through the cracks. Some of it was talked about. Some of it wasn't. Some of it's underreported. Some of it is um, wrongly reported. I've been looking at just what's been going on. And uh, first thing I want to talk about is I want to talk about the state of Michigan. So will you read what the right to work law is? According to Britannica... Uh, the right to work law in the United States, uh, any state law is any state law forbidding various union security measures, particularly the union shop under which workers are required to join a union within a specified time after they begin employment. The Taft Harley Act of 1947 outlawed not the union shop, but the clothes shop, which can hire union member union members only everywhere in the United States. But Section 14B of the act did not did encourage the passage of state right-to-work laws by allowing state laws against union security measures to supersede the federal law. The strongest support of the right-to-work law generally comes from small business. Um, in the 19 states with right-to-work laws in 1966 were concentrated in the South and the West and did not include any major industrial state. Indiana was uh, the only industrial state to pass a right-to-work law, but it repealed it in 1965. Right-to-work laws have been uh, periodically become important uh, in political issues. In 1966, the Lyndon B. Johnson administration attempted to eliminate such laws by seeking repeal of Section 14B. The effort was thwarted in the Senate with a filibuster led by Senate Everett Dirksen of Illinois. And then supporters of the right to work laws maintain that they guarantee a person's right to work without being forced to join a union. In addition, they argue that such laws do not weaken the bargaining power of unions but merely permit a worker to bargain on any individual basis if he so chooses. Opponents contend that the name right-to-work law is misleading because such laws do not guarantee employment to anyone. On the contrary, they maintain that such laws tend to reduce workers' job security by weakening the bargaining power of unions. Okay, so in essence, uh, how much of that did you <laughs> made total sense to you? Honestly? Um, absolutely none of it. Okay, so a right-to-work the right-to-work law basically said that hey, if you want to go work at for a, work a job and there's a union at that job that you do not have to join the union. Not only that, you do not have to pay the union, right? Now, with uh, the clothes shop that they were talking about, what would happen is you would go through, they literally could only hire union people. So they weren't allowed to hire non-union independent people. Um, we talked about it before, how I worked at Vallejo Sanitation and Flood Control, and I was there on a temporary basis several years in a row, uh, several summers in a row, I should say, um, as you know, a temporary weed abatement, so labor. And I worked there for $4.25 an hour. Now, when I was done, 
Um, and I turned 18 and they, and I was there, they said, Hey, you know, you can join the company, you know, we will, we'll recommend you to, to be hired on full time. You'll make a lot more money and you know, you'll have a lot more benefits. And it wasn't what I wanted to do, but the big kicker for me was understanding the union because I was like, well, what's, what's the drawback to this, Lonnie? Why, why wouldn't anybody do this? And it came down to, you know, the union was not what I wanted because I had heard things about the union here and there, seeing guys that were just being lazy, didn't have a work ethic, didn't, didn't do work, just like to sit around and work at like a snail's pace, in my opinion, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I did weed abatement and every weed abatement section in Vallejo, um, you're given basically a week to get it done and it's closed in by a fence on all sides. And so, you know, um, if you ever had a trench that was behind you, you know, that was where I would work was that trench. And I'd have a week to do that section of trench and doing that the first first time I hit the trench and I got to be on my own. They literally parked a car there and a truck there and all everything that I needed and I was able to go. I went to town and I was done in two days. Right. And the first thing I remember is this guy. I think his name was Patrick. Um and uh, and he sat there and he said, you know, hey, when you join the union, you're not going to be allowed to work that fast. And I'm like, excuse me, because the biggest the biggest benefit to that job was that I was outside, that I was able to be out there and I was able to work out and get a good workout and get paid for what I was doing. Right. That was the best thing for me. I literally, I was, I was as much in nature as you could be in Vallejo (laughs) and I was out there just clearing out weeds and clearing out, you know, these trenches and making them pretty and making them beautiful, making them function. And I worked my pace and my pace is I work as hard as I can. I don't like to do things lazy. Um, When we decided to put up the fence, I ran through that fence, right? It's like I do stuff and I just want to do it. That's that's the way I am. And I know that frustrates people, but that's just that's where I am. When we pick up a load, what is my goal? My goal is to get to the delivery. Right. Mm-hmm. It's like the race is on. So I I was like, wow, that that doesn't sound interesting to me at all. Then on top of that, the union is like having a second boss. So your boss has to go to your union uh, representative if they have a problem or a grievance with you or they want to do something. And one of the things I liked about my job was not having really a boss. <laughs> you know, I did my job so well that my boss didn't care. My boss knew I was doing my job well, that all of my implements were always sharp, that I was always doing things the right way, even if I wasn't, um, that I was always, you know, on time. I, w- I did my I did what I was supposed to do and never had a problem. Not one, you know. And so I loved that. And it was, you know, and so I asked, I said, well, can I join Flail Sanitation Flood Control and not be a member of the union? And the joke was, yeah, if you're management, but you're not going to be management. So I was like, okay, well then, yeah, I definitely don't want to join because I didn't, I didn't want to have to be a member of union and you paying hundreds of dollars to be in the union. You don't have a say on what the union does. The union decides what your salary is. You don't get to negotiate anything on your own. That's, that's what right to work means is you can individually negotiate these things. And that's what I would do because I want my, I want to get paid based on the work that I'm performing. And when I see five guys take a week to take out a trench that I literally 
have to, you know, I can take out in two days. Uh, that's not that's not a team I want to be a part of. That's like literally saying, you know, hey, do you want a scholarship, a football scholarship to to this place? And, it, you know, it's the last it's the last place team. And my attitude is like, no, I of course I don't want that. That's <laughs> that's ridiculous. I want I want to be the best performer that I possibly can. Right. That makes sense to me. So, yeah. So I didn't join unions. Well, the right to work bill passed and that was like a good thing. So it allowed you to be able to go work at a company that had a union and you, you could opt out of the membership. You'd opt out of paying dues and you were, you know, in a good place, right? Cause you could decide. And if you wanted to join the union, you could. Okay. Mm-hmm. So Michigan, the Michigan Senate approved a bill on Tuesday to repeal the Senate's right to work law that allowed um, that allows employees in, in unionized jobs to opt out of being in the union. So the bill passed. It, it passed like a 2017 to vote a 20. Yeah. 20 to 17 vote. And it removed the language from the state's employment regulation commission act that allowed individuals at unionized workplaces to not be required to become a member of the unions or to pay fees or the dues to unions that they didn't want to be a part of. And so Michigan said, hey, great that you thought you had this freedom, but you don't. And the thing is, is the right to work law that bill shouldn't even be a thing. It's a it should it, it should be a federal violation to be stuck in how how you're allowed to work. That's that's the thing is, is unions unions get around federal law in so many different ways. And it's ridiculous. And unions were good at one point. Hey, when they had kids working dangerous situations and they had, you know, no, there was no say and they, and employers weren't paying people and everything was going wrong. It was a good thing to have unions, but unions have since just become nothing more than a lobbying group who don't care about their people. They don't care about, you know, the best will for you as an employee. They want you to be a part of their system. And then they want to use that system to have a chokehold over the employer and then utilize that collective to have a chokehold in the government. Unions are some of the biggest lobbying groups anywhere. They're disgusting and I hate them. I absolutely despise them and I don't care. I I would debate anybody who wants to argue and say that unions are a great thing for an individual. If you are a motivated individual and you are somebody who wants to get ahead, unions are not the place for you. You are nothing but a number to a union. When people try to tell you that that's what your employer thinks, no way. If your employer just looks at you as a number, then you don't stand out and you don't shine. And that's a you problem, not an anybody else problem. And everywhere that I've worked, I have stood out and I've always been that way. And so for people to sit there and be like, oh, eh, you know, unions are, are great. No, they, they aren't. You know, it's, it's absolutely I think they're disgusting. And the the, you know, taking away your ability to decide for yourself whether or not to join a union and financially support them, you know, is absolutely ridiculous that the government that once again is interfering with how you do your job to make your money to provide for you and your family. They are encroaching on your freedoms and that's illegal. So and honestly, it would fall under the Fourth Amendment, which is, you know, protection against illegal searches and seizures. But seizing your money and forcing you to do things that's illegal. So 
Anyway, what do you think? I mean, I I agree with the majority of that. That's. I think that I I just I feel like anything that stops you or hinders you from being able to do what you want to do is automatically going to be wrong. If you can't get a job and just get that job to have that job, like mm-hmm. you're forced to be a part of the union or to pay the union fees, mm-hmm. that's stupid. Like, it, I, <laughs> I don't know, that's just dumb. You can't go into a job and work the pace that you want to work. You have to be forced to slow down because, oh man, everybody else has to do the same amount of work as you so that you can all get the same amount of pay. Right. and all. Like, that's just... It just feels like participation awards stuff all over again. It's it's dumb. It's, if if I win a soccer game, the other team that lost doesn't get to get the same amount of money as me. Like this, so it's just it's mm-hmm. this the same thing. If if participation I'm, awards yeah. all over the place in the work environment, hundred percent. Oh my god, I love that analogy. <laughs> yes, because and I'm I'm going to emphasize this to segue into the next piece. Because when you are an adult and capable of making adult decisions, you don't need other people stopping you from making decisions as an adult, right? Mm-hmm. And that's that's where it is. And I say that because today, officially, um, the Florida medical ban that bans uh, gender transition res- uh, procedures for minors went into effect in the state of Florida. People are again, of course, losing their shit over it. So, and, oh, I can't remember his, her name, whatever. Um, you know, leading the, oh, it's it's minors being allowed to transition is going to be normal. I, I have a question. Why don't you get to drink when you're 10 years old? Because you're not responsible enough, mm. and it'll change your body and everything that has to do with that. It's you're already you become as an adult. You become irresponsible when you drink. So if you're already irresponsible as a child and trying to drink after that, it just makes things tenfold worse. And on top of that, a lot easier to be taken advantage of because you don't know anything about the world yet. So it's just there's a million and one reasons why you don't, <laughs> aren't allowed to drink when you're ten. I don't feel like it's something that needs to be explained everybody knows that yeah and and that's and that's and that's what it is how many things did you decide as a kid that you stuck with as an adult i I don't know none of them (laughs) i can't remember a single thing that i actually wanted to do when i was younger that i do now Mm -hmm. what about your first crush ew No, so Absolutely you. Not. So, why don't we let kids get married? Because there's so much. There's so much of life ahead of them, and they don't even know what there are yet. There you go. You know, what did you say you wanted to be when you were like ten years old as a kid? A baby doctor. <laughs> that was what I called it. I wanted to be an OBGYN, but I had no idea what an OBGYN was. So I said I wanted to be a baby doctor. I wanted to help deliver babies in the hospital. And now. Oh, God, no. <laughs> I don't want anything to do with children anymore. <laughs> I don't yeah. want to have my own kids. I was, I, when, I was, when I was little, when I was 10, 
I wanted to be a baby doctor. I wanted to be married as soon as I left high school and have 17 kids and do all this stuff and be a stay-at-home mom and like, but you know, also not at the same time because there were still other things I wanted to do, like be a baby doctor. So it was weird that I wanted to do both stay at home and be a baby doctor. But either way, <laughs> I wanted to do a lot of that stuff. I wanted to be off in this middle of a big city and you know working for a major hospital and all this other stuff and now i have almost the exact opposite <laughs> i want nothing to do with modern medicine it's dumb and stupid there's only a couple of things that are like i actually as far as medicine goes that i actually use because the majority of it is useless <laughs> so it's yeah the the complete opposite of my life has taken place almost from what i wanted when i was younger because I didn't know anything about the world. Mm-hmm. Didn't know yeah. anything about myself. <laughs> Could you imagine if, if like you were locked in to something that was permanent or semi-permanent or forever altering, right? Oh yeah. At, like you had some 10, test 12 at years 10 old. and that was it. You yeah. got, you, you know, what do you want to be when you grow up? And that was it. It got, didn't get to change it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That would be horrendous. Yeah. The amount of people's lives, people would be miserable <laughs> if that's what they did. Because, yeah, there's a lot of people that, you know, at 10, they say they want to do this thing and they stick with that because they've always wanted to do it. And those are, you know, great people that knew. Yeah, sure. I'll, <laughs> more power to you. You knew what you wanted to do and we mm-hmm. wanted to be at 10. But for the, mo- <laughs> but for the most of us, <laughs> we have no idea what we want to do. And it's just, no. ah, I saw this one person. How many kids sit there and say they want to be a superhero when they grow up? And they have no idea what that even means. And half of those people end up working nine to five jobs and being miserable anyways because they had no idea what they want still after they, you know, graduate college. And so mm-hmm. it's just... I couldn't even imagine making a decision at any level before even 20 and having to stick with it for forever. There are so many people that change their major in in the middle of college because mm-hmm. they realize, I don't want to do this at all. This is not fun. This is not interesting. And I'm so bored. I'm changing it. Like, so many people do that. I, so many people that I know that have gone to college have changed their major halfway through. So it's just, I yeah, it, deciding something and being stuck with it. Uh, you know, even 13, 14, 15, having to decide this is it. This is what you got to do for the rest of your life. Can't change it. You are deciding your fate right here, right now. So it, that's horrendous. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I'm going to say this because this is this is how scary the, the, this thought process is. Um, when I was a kid, there was one time I wanted to be a girl. And. I didn't want to be a girl because I wanted to be a girl. You want to know why I wanted to be a girl? Because my sister got a kitchen set. I think I told you about that. She yes. got a kitchen set with a bunch of pots and a bunch of pans. And my sister got to hang out with my Aunt Tracy whenever we went over to my grandma's house, who had three daughters and my dad. Okay? So they all played with Hannah. Nobody played with me. The only time they played with me is they dressed me up as a girl one time. And it was, like, so exciting that I got a, a, somebody paying attention to me in that in that family, you know? Because I was never the real kid. I was just always genie son type situation. And it was like, but the only time that the, everything seemed easy for girls, man, the girls in, in my family, everything was easy. They didn't have any problems. It's like, but me, you know, I was, I was completely ignored. So I wanted to be a girl so I could play with pots and pans. And so I could dress up and do whatever I wanted. And, I would, and so that people would pay attention and want to play with me. Can you imagine how screwed up that would have been if they if they would have said okay taking me down to the hospital and i would have got transitioned that's it end end of it end of everything you would have had to live with that for the rest of your life yeah 
And, you know, and, and here's the thing. Dr. Rachel Levine um, irritates the living snot out of me. Absolutely irritates the living snot out of me. Because enjoying both sides of that coin as an adult, do you know what really bugs me? As a man, he wanted to wait to transition until he had kids because he knew how much he wanted to be able to have his own kids. So he waited until he was an adult, until he had his kids, and then got to consciously make his decision to do that. But he said in another interview that he knew that, you know, he would want to that he was a woman trapped inside a man's body his entire life. What? world are you you going to enjoy the freedom that you are trying to take away from underdeveloped brains and i would argue that their brain is not developed properly there are people that have gone through surgery have transitioned i 100 percent support them rachel levine is not one of them and was quoted uh yesterday saying that kids genders will soon uh Changing kids' genders will soon be fully embraced. Wheels will turn on this, and it will become a normalized thing. 100% disagree with you on that. There is nothing about kids being able to transition that I agree with. It's the stupidest thing ever. We are. How can we live in a society where we are so stuck on the fact that all of our kids are so broken right now mm-hmm. because they're being exposed to things that they should never be exposed to as early as they're being exposed to it and then decide, hey, let's add to that. How many children on this planet do you believe would think that they are gay or bi or pansexual or all these other, you know, other sexual things or a a gender or you know it's just all of the different genders that there are and all these other things and that they have Tourette's or depression or you know OCD or anxiety and all the other you know big huge mental health problems if they never saw any of it online Mm -hmm. how many kids do you think would walk around and go you know (laughs) and I'm just this normal person hanging out with these normal people because it doesn't matter what's wrong with me because at the end of the day these people enjoy being around me but now everybody every single child is so stuck they see something and they go oh hey attention grabber look at this person that's got hundreds of thousands of followers on social media because they go walk around and say curse words and call it Tourette's all the time they shove and push and spit and do all these other things and oh man Mm -hmm. but that's cool because other people find it funny so let me do it too and let me say I have Tourette's yes Tourette's existed before all of this yes anxiety depression trans you know transgender kids and all these other things they all existed before the internet showed up Mm -hmm. and at the beginning of all of this yes there was a positive side to it anybody that was going through genuine depression for no real reason they just have depression there's nothing that caused it there's nothing because that's a thing and people don't realize it and they go around their entire lives thinking oh man something's just wrong with me and it makes it worse and i get that you want them to feel able to find the answers to their problems but that is not on the internet and the entire world to go around appeasing to the small percentage of the world that has those issues when they are still little and it's more on the parents to be educated and go okay i know what this is and now i'm having children and i need to pay attention to the signs and make sure that i'm paying attention and can be able to correctly diagnose my child so that they don't feel like they have to 
that's where the issue lies. And yes, there. If you feel like you can change an entire population of an entire generation of kids, then change them to be responsible when they're adults, and not to just try to get them to be responsible for themselves at you know ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen. Because that's not how it works. We should not be going online for our solutions to our problems. It, there's nothing about that. There are so many kids that see all these things online. I mean, heck, how many kids thought that they, oh man, you know, the biggest thing before the internet started going all mental health crazy is that furries appeared. Mm-hmm. And yeah, furries technically always existed. There were always people that would walk around pretending to be animals because yep. that's what we did when we were kids. And you were 100% a liar if there was never a point in your life when you were a little that you played animal things at recess. <laughs> pretending to be cats and dogs and wolves and jaguars and all the other things because it was fun. And then there are kids that just don't grow out of that. And yes, they went on and they found their secret little group of people and they got to exist together and cool, right on them. But then the internet was like, oh, hey, yeah, I'm going to go do all these things and I'm going to draw all this art and I'm going to post it online. And then a bunch of people saw that and then people were like, oh, well, you know what? Maybe I identify as a furry too. You know what, mom? I'm actually a wolf. Like, it's just all, it all Mm -hmm. became, that was the beginning of all of it. And that one, it was funny. We make fun of it still to this day. But that community still exists. And yeah, sure, you can look at it as there's something wrong with them. Or you can look at it as, you know what, as long as they're happy and they're not making victims of other people, who cares? <laughs> because yeah. that's the, that's what it is at the end of the day. But that they're not sitting there making, you know, body transformations that are permanent on themselves. They're putting on a fursuit and going and having fun at some kind of big, huge furry party. Woo, again, as long as there's no victims involved, then who cares? Mm-hmm. But this is a literal physical change that cannot be reversed that you are letting a child that will 99% of them grow out of any level of a phase. And yes, they all go through it. It's not a phase, mom. Yes, it is. Because 90% of us grow up and go, Ugh, why did I ever think that that was a thing? I literally, no joke, 100% went through a phase in my life where I thought that I was gender fluid. That I thought, you know what, some days I feel a lot more masculine. I'm going to be a guy today. And I dressed up in button downs and bow ties and I had my hair shorter and it was a, I look back at that now and I go, oh my God, what was I doing? Because I hate any of those photos of me now, but I was obsessed with doing it. But you know why I was obsessed with doing it? Because I had found the internet at that age and saw all these other people doing it and getting attention for it. Mm -hmm. So I did it too. Yeah. There was never a point where I actually sat there and thought that I was a guy that never uh uh-uh, uh i hated the, ugh <laughs> like there was nothing <laughs> no part of me that wanted anything to do with being a guy i did not want to use the men's bathroom i did not want to do any of the things that men could do i didn't want to be on a men's sports team i didn't i didn't want to do any of that i just enjoyed being able to dress up but nobody taught me that it was okay that i could just wear jeans and button down shirts and still be a girl Nobody taught me that because there was so we were all so obsessed with, oh, you're either a boy or you're a girl. If you're going to do these things that are a little bit more on the boy side, well, then that I guess they're just a boy now. Hey, let me tell you, there's this thing called being gender fluid. You could just, you know, hop on over and just be a guy this day and be a girl the next day. And that means you're gender fluid. Oh, you're so quirky and cool. No, uh-uh. They, they, you know how many people that when you're an adult nobody cares nobody gives up if you're dressing up as a guy or a girl mm-hmm. nobody cares they just go okay uh what's in your pants because i'm only attracted to certain things okay cool we're still good or oh you know what i'm not into that but hey we can still be friends or you know what that's not gonna work and there are plenty of other people out there i'm so sorry and we move on mm-hmm. you know how many people would be so their lives would be so ruined 
if I had sat there and was like, you know what? I think I want to be a guy because all these other people are, you know, dressing up as guys. I want it to be permanent. And that'd be it. There would never be a day where I'd be able to just be me again. Because once you transition, you can't go back. And people think, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, you can detransition. Yes, you can detransition. But that doesn't mean that you're just going to go back to being the way you were. Once you make that transition, once you start taking those medications, that's it. You yep. don't get to go back to the way that you were at all ever again. And that's if you're doing it as an adult. If you're doing it and you aren't even fully developed yet, you mm-hmm. are screwing your body up for life. And that's it. You are ruined. <laughs> so yeah. I can't get behind that. There is never going to be a day. And I really don't think that we're going to end. Like people keep trying to say that, oh, Gen Z is going to grow up. And, you know, all these memes show up online about how Gen Z are going to be as parents and how weird the world is going to be once Gen Z is grown up with kids. I really don't think so. I really don't think mm-hmm. that they're going to continue to be the way that they are when they grow up and realize Nobody that is. the real world is, is not the way that it was when they were do, kids. Do you want to know what's funny? When when I was, oh gosh, I had to be 16, 16, 17, 17. Yeah, when I was 17, I was sure that everything to socialism was right and that we should be socialist. 17 years old. We should be a country of socialists. And nobody was special and everybody should contribute except there was a nice little logical argument that was given to me. And when I got that argument, you know, I hated that they were right about it. And it was real simple. It was okay, Joey. Well, you're doing really, really good. You have, I was, I I took my GED. I did not get my high school diploma. Um, I took my GED and I was in the top 0.3% of test takers. Right. Mm-hmm. And then I was at the adult school uh, just to do some extra credits and stuff that I wanted to do and get kind of routed out because I was contemplating having both. And and my teacher looked at me and said, OK, Joey, well, I'll tell you what, you got the point top point three percent of everybody. Yeah. So we're going to go ahead and give you a D. And I was like, what? Yeah, we're going to give you a D. Why would you give me a D? Well, we're going to go ahead and use your grade to help bring up other kids grades who are failing. And for a second, I was like, okay, that sounds kind of cool. And I was like, but I worked really hard for my for my grades, right? I studied really hard, mm-hmm. right? You don't want people to, you know, take away from you and, and give to lazier people, right? Right. Well, welcome to being a capitalist because that's what it is. You want to be rewarded for your own work. On, on this podcast, like I said before, we got kicked out of another group. You know, we got kicked out of a group. Why? Because we're doing better than we apparently should be. Right. And because we're not struggling and miserable and just and and just using the group as a sounding board to oh and, and to be told that our mediocrity is okay, we got kicked out. So F them. F that and and you know what? This is the society that we have. And I'm gonna leave us with, you know, what I have really thought of is a really good quote to understand and because because you're going to tell me where we're at in this time okay you ready hard times create strong men strong men create good times good times create weak men and weak men create hard times where do you feel like we're at 
honestly, I feel like we're right on the brink between weak men create hard times. I don't think we're in the hard times Mm-mm. yet. I feel like there. we're about to be. I mm-hmm. feel like we're honestly, on, 100% honestly, everybody that I was in high school with, when I was a senior, all of the freshmen, they're all gone. We're mm-hmm. all out in the world right now. We're all in college. We're all you know going out and quote unquote making a difference <laughs> in the yep. world right now. I feel like we are, you know, the people right now that are struggling. We're the ones that are going out there and realizing everything that we were saying and spouting and going thinking we knew the best when we were in high school. Mm-hmm. And we're out there now going, you know, <laughs> I know I said all these things when I was in school, but I didn't really mean it. <laughs> like, I didn't know what I was talking about. Can we not? Whoa, 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 whoa. Hold on, guys. <laughs> I didn't I didn't want all that because. Half of us are going out there and we're realizing, you know, I I said all that, but you know what? I'm going to work my ass off and I'm going to really try and I'm going to get out there and I'm going to be something in this world. Mm -hmm. And the other half of us are going out and we're going, wow, this world is sucks. It's hard and I don't like it. And uh, everything that I was saying, yeah, I don't really agree with it because, you know, even though it sucks for me, somebody out there is doing worse and I don't want to be at their level. Mm -hmm. I feel like that's the general consensus with my generation, I can I count my generation as everybody that I was in high school with because everybody after that, it, I I don't relate to them. I barely relate to the people that were freshmen when I was a senior. Mm-hmm. So I I'm still using that term very loosely, <laughs> but no, I everybody you know the people that are out there they're having kids and they're regretting it. Mm-hmm. The people that are out there and they went to college they're regretting it. People that are out there and they're going and they're doing what they always wanted to do they're regretting it. Everything that everybody is choosing to do. They're regretting it because the world is going bad right now yeah. <laughs> because everybody went out into the world thinking, ah, you know, the world is so great. Everybody's, you know, set up all these good things for us. And, you know, we're, we're changing it because we feel like it needs to be changed and regretting it. <laughs> so I feel like we're yeah, we had the good times were right before, mm-hmm. you know, we right before we got out when it was all, oh, man, I can't believe Donald Trump won. Yeah, we need to impeach him and all the other stuff that all of us were saying when we were still in high school. And, and now? now we're regretting it mm-hmm. <laughs> because everything is going downhill so fast. And, and there's I see barely anything anymore online about people spouting about how horrible trump is and how amazing biden is going to be and everything that he's doing Unless so you're far in the government, you're like, not opening yeah, your mouth about it right? nobody's they're, saying they're anything. scapegoating a man who's not hasn't been in power for over two years now and when you realize that it is 2023 2024 is right around the damn corner yeah and i don't hear a bunch of people Nothing. saying anything except for those who are so staunch and just so hardcore bitter And I hope to never be in that place. I hope that we are never in that place. I hope that you and I will, for the rest of our lives, be in that place where we go, gosh, I can't believe that people could hate somebody so much with no proof. Yeah, but... No, so I I feel like we're we're right right on that brink that mm-hmm. my generation went out there and made their decisions way too early because we were given such a hard, you know decision to make mm-hmm. right out of high school well, yeah, you who were told, we were gonna vote for gonna vote right for out racist? of high school are you gonna vote for a racist are you it's, gonna vote for well, a, a yeah, rapist it, it was <laughs> a, a racist a rapist a, a misogynist a a you know a clans member a guy who refuses to denounce you are you gonna support that he he's had no nowhere does he care about trans rights or freedoms or lgbt which was what was any of that true I <laughs> again. <laughs> we were given such a hard decision, mm-hmm. 
right out of high school, we had, you know, what, because my, my class was the class of 2019. Mm-hmm. I almost forgot. <laughs> class of 2019. So literally straight out of high school. And it was, well, you got to figure all your shit out right now because there's an election right around the corner and you need to figure it out mm-hmm. right now. And then the class before me that was, you know, seniors after I left, the same thing. They graduated and then they had immediately to make a decision on who they were going to vote for. So you had one year, you know, one year old adults, that's what mm-hmm. we'll call them. And then just out of the womb adults <laughs> making a decision and creating an, you know, exaggerated turning point in something yep. that, you know, again, for the most part, people, people graduated high school. And nobody voted. None mm-hmm. of them voted. Nobody cared. Everybody mm-hmm. was still stuck on, oh, I got to go to college. I have all these things I don't worry about, all this money things I got a problem with. Oh, my God. You know, I got to get a job. I got to do these things. Am I going to move out? Like, nobody nobody cares about right. voting when they're straight out of high school. But that's not the case anymore. Everybody's getting, it's getting so thrown at the younger generations now because, oh, man, older generation, they can't change their mind. Let's get the ones that can be easily swayed. And so they go after all the youngins and then they don't know what to do. And all they hear are all these buzzwords being thrown around at them. And they have to, they're forced to make a decision with the crowd because they're too scared to stand out because mm-hmm. they're babies coming out into the world and they don't know what's going on. So it's just, no, it, that I feel like all of those people made a decision and then they regretted it sincerely a hundred percent got to a point where they realized at some point in their college or after they had a kid or some, some, you know, everybody gets their first real life experience thing happen Mm -hmm. in somewhere in the middle of the first four years after leaving school. So they had that thing happen and realized a financial bit of it. And that financial bit led to a spiral of realizing a bunch of other things about their future and the financial hardcomings that, you know, everything that they're being told when you don't have bills, when you don't have children, Mm -hmm. when you don't have, you know, college tuition to pay for and all these other things sounds like, oh, this is just makes sense because they don't have any of those things to worry about. And then you get out there and you have those things and you go, wait a second. I am working my ass off to pay for all of these bills and you're telling me that I'm going to have to give half of my shit to somebody else? Mm-hmm. Absolutely not. I can barely afford what I'm doing. And then their mindset starts to change and then they start to realize, you know, <laughs> maybe all the things that I keep calling all these crazy people crazy for saying aren't that crazy because yep. now I'm making money and I actually 100% believe that I have a right to my own fucking money. So I feel mm-hmm. like right now all those people that went out there and made that decision made enough of a decision that things the next generations are going to keep pushing forward that decision and we are so tired that we can't sway them anymore. Yep. We're not fired up enough to go and yell at the younger generation and be like, listen, I know that they're all old and they're all saying all these things and everything, but just sit down and shut up for a second and listen to what they're saying. Actually, listen, put yourself in the situation because it's not all about emotions once you get older. Because, yeah, sure, you want to change mm-hmm. the world and you want the world to be a more caring place. And that's great. But do that the right way and stop. You know, if you want to be the one to get rid of the homeless population, then you do it with your own money. You work your ass off mm-hmm. to get them off the streets. You can't because that's not feasible. It's not the way it works. It's you, you are a human being. You can do one thing. You can do one thing only. You can carry yourself. And the people that you bring along with you are there. They're your support mechanisms to be able to carry yourself. You cannot 
motivate the world by giving them what they need because you make weak people. And what exactly. do we have? That's, we have and that's exactly what we have right I, now. Absolutely. And so. everybody now is weak. Everybody now is, I am, I'm sick. I'm, I'm twisted. I'm demented. I have Tourette's. I have this. I, I have, have anxiety. That. I have Lily depression. I need to take a stupidity. mental health day. I can't you know? do these things. Right. Everybody else is cutting themselves on the internet. So maybe I should do it too. Everybody else is drinking until they can't, you know, walk in straight anymore. So maybe I should do it too. Maybe everybody else is smoking and, you know, doing vapes because smoking isn't cool anymore, but vaping is sure a whole lot better. So mm-hmm. let me do like everything everybody else is seeing. You know, we talk about, you know, when you are that teenager, you're, oh, well, I'm not easily swayed by all the other things. Like, I'm not just going to go jump off a bridge. Go, oh, my God. What are you telling me that for? Like, mm-hmm. I'm not stupid. Except look, take a look at all the things that you do. What sets you out from the rest of the people your age? You're doing the exact same thing. You're disappearing and doing nothing but distracting yourself from everything going on in the world all day, every day. It's all you do on TikTok and Snapchat and all the other things that you're doing because you can't handle it because you are weak. If you can't get up and get yourself out of bed in the morning and do the things that you need to do for more than a week without feeling like you need a mental health break, then you are weak. People that take mental health breaks and actually need them are people that get up and do something for at least a month straight. Mm -hmm. At least. If you can't do something for a month straight, if you can't work hard and take your days off to do something that you need to do for a month and you're burning out that fast, then you're weak. Yeah. And you can hate that all you want, but that is literally the reality of it. If you can't go a month without burning out... There is something else wrong <laughs> with, <laughs> you with, need with, to change. With, without trying to sound like I'm patting myself on my back or that I'm arrogant or anything like that. Have you ever known anybody who works harder than I do? Absolutely not. When you see me in that truck. What, 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 do you con- what do you constantly hear about the way I drive? That it's impossible. You can't do that. That's, you know, it, it's all the things about how it's just not real. Mm-hmm. And I don't do this out of pride. I do this because I think I'm a miserable piece of garbage and I hate myself in every every single moment. So I just try to work so that every single night I go to bed knowing that I did the best that I could at what I had in, on hand at every single night. And that's how I measure my own worth. And yet, what do we have? We have a society where, oh. You shouldn't have to do that to make a living for myself. Yes, you should. If yes, you're you should. working. You're... the But this is the thing that, that bugs me with that. You have eight people to provide for Mm -hmm. with one job that at the end of the day, you can get in two years of Mm -hmm. working your butt off straight out of high school. You can work your butt off and have your job making your money for one person. Yep. And I've offered it to work like that. Three people I've offered that job to. Right. I offered them the exact opportunity, even offering to buy them a truck and to give them the exact opportunity that I have without having to go to college, without having to do anything. All they had to do was study for one test and come out on the road and do what I did. Right. Mm -hmm. And they can provide for one person the same amount of money that you get to provide for eight. Mm -hmm. But they don't. Mm -hmm. People come out and they do their things and they work for just barely scraping by for two people if they're living with a partner in yep. an apartment in the middle of the big city because, oh, it's so expensive and I can't do it and I can, only jobs that I can find are from McDonald's, so McDonald's should pay me more. Right. There's nothing that screams, I am weak and cannot do better than complaining about minimum wage not being enough. Mm-hmm. You don't need 
a lot of qualifications to be a truck driver and make enough money to provide for a family of four in the big city, eating whatever you wanted, whenever you wanted. All you need is to drive. Mm -hmm. That's it. Yes, there are a few things that you have to do on the outside of that. And yes, we talk about how hard driving can be. But at the end of the day, to provide for four people, you don't you don't need to do Mm -hmm. that. What we do at all. At all. Mm-hmm. All you have to do is get your license after study. You can have all of the things you need within a four or five month period. If you work your ass off, you do not need the no. amount of time that some people will tell you that you need. If you're going to take your time and it's going to be one of those long hobby things and you need to have that support, then a year. Mm-hmm. But if you can't stay committed to something, then yeah, you're never going to be able to get it. Yes, it requires you to be away from your family, but you're making so much more money that you know you'll never have even thought of making for with you know four, five, six, seven, eight years of college and you know working your way up in a system that feels like it's going to take forever. So you don't get there until you're 35, and then once you're 35, you're, oh man, you want to have kids, so now you're taking maternity leave and paternity leave, and you're doing all these other things, and oh man, but now you have to think about retiring because you don't want your kids to not have and all this other stuff when you could just go out there and drive. Mm-hmm. And there are so many other jobs like that. Trade jobs are like that. But people don't want to work. They want to have the easiest thing that they can possibly have because, oh my gosh, they as a you know single mother, they have to go throughout and do all these things. And then, you know, they still have to come home and, you know, take care of their kids and do all this other stuff. And, you know, childcare is so expensive. So it's all just a big loop around. And it's made for us to fail is what I always see. The system mm-hmm. is made for single mothers to fail. I see that all the time. But no, no, it's not. Because you know who's not whining about it? The single mothers that are successful. Yep. Because they figured it out and they got there. You don't see successful single mothers going around going, oh man, yeah, I got to help out these other single mothers because they know that you're the ones that are going to also be the ones supporting them. You think the world is mm-hmm. an evil place. Watch the people that came from your position not care about you because they literally don't because you're lazy. So it just amazes me when I sit there and I see all these people complain and go on and on and on about how they have all of these different conditions and that's why they can't do the things they do when half the time they're sitting there hating on the billionaires or millionaires that have the same things. Mm-hmm. But oh, it's probably fake. Oh, it's not real. Oh, they don't understand. They don't have it like I have it. There has to be a million and one excuses why they can't be the same people. They don't have the work ethic. They can't do it. The system, yeah, sure, it's made for you to fail if you don't have the drive to win. <laughs> so I just, I don't get it. I do not understand how people can, can wake up every day and sit on their phones and go through a horrible cycle and be able to see all these things online, calling them out for being in a horrible cycle. And instead of going, oh man, you know what? You're right. That's a good point. Let me stop doing this. They go, oh yeah, you're right. And I need to talk to like-minded people so that we can just complain about it together and not change a damn thing. But it's the system's fault. People have been surviving on the system for how long? Mm-hmm. But things keep getting more and more expensive. Yes, the world has been gradually getting more expensive for forever now. <laughs> just, yeah. Oh, man, when Grandpa was little, he used to get a soda for 25 cents. Yep. And now we can get a soda for 75 cents if you go to the right vending machines for it. <laughs> I don't know what we're talking What are we complaining about? Why do you want a soda? <laughs> like, I just, that's that's always the first thing. People mm-hmm. complain about things like that. Oh, man, they could go to, you know, walk down to the gas station or a local store, local market, and go get a candy for 25 cents, a dime, this and that. Like, why does that matter? Well, why are we talking about candy? What do we care? What, is, what about the soda? What are, we, what are we talking about that for? 
you want you want to go get calories and be healthy and do all these other things then go down and see how much 75 cents gets you worth of vegetables because mm-hmm. i'm pretty sure that's a lot better and it still gets you enough to get through a meal <laughs> you can go down and get carrots for 75 cents and have an entire snack but you're gonna tell me that it's too expensive to live and eat healthy I watch people do it all the time, showing that you can eat healthy for, mm-hmm. you know, on a budget and all this, like this. There's just so many things. And yes, it's a lot when you sit down and you talk about it all in like one conversation. And I get it. It's overwhelming. But to be able to sit down and go through one thing at a time, change one thing in your life every day until you have the life that you want. Mm-hmm. Why is that so difficult for people to do? Because they're just lazy and they're weak. They are weak-minded people. We are raising a society of weak-minded people right now because we didn't have the drive to sit and listen and hear everybody out that has been through it already. We get into the world and think that we know better than the people that already did it and that is the first mistake. Everybody that was in the generation before me, they had the same issue, but then they went into the world and then they actually got, you know, hit, got, you know, talked Mm -hmm. down upon. They got sat there and, you know, completely belittled in front of crowds of people and people think, oh, that's so horrible. It's so terrible. But you know what? They changed their mind and they realized and they went, oh, maybe I should shut my mouth sometimes and listen to what the people that already went through it have to say about it. And then maybe if they're successful and they're telling me how to do it, I should just listen and follow along and then succeed as well. Instead of thinking, "Uh, I know you're successful, but I know how to do it better (laughs) because Mm -hmm. that's not how it works. But that's what my generation did. And now all of my generation's kids are going to grow up in a society and where everybody thinks that they know better and really they're throwing all of the old things that everybody knows how to do and became successful without the window and failing over and over and over and over and thinking maybe it's me maybe i'm the problem but i'm not going to change it and now we're going to end up in a world where everybody and everything sucks and that's what's going to have to it's what's going to have to happen because we have to have strong people come from a bad time we have to because we're getting everything handed to us from it being a good time and now we're raising people thinking oh man i know what i'm doing it's too late we already started we are already keeping the cycle going (laughs) so it's just yeah no i right now we are not in the bad times yet we are in the people that think they know better (laughs) people that think oh man you know life's good i got this things that are going on all the world just a simulation oh it doesn't really matter what i do (sighs) that's where we're at right now so oh well (laughs) and the people that are preparing for it they're gonna be fine the people that are Mm -hmm. in my generation and sat and shut up after the fact they're gonna be fine but for the majority of my generation that's going out into the world and realizing that we all messed up and now it's too late for our kids, our kids are going to have to go through it. Yeah. So. We did not learn from history and we are doomed to repeat it. <laughs> over and over and over and over. So with that said, thank you for joining us on this special Friday edition of a stupid podcast on everything on the afternoon dive where I've been Joey. And I'm Kiki. And we just want to remind you, that which does not kill you, it's coming. So, peace out with you, peace out. Bye.